Welcome to the Education Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Landon Jones. For those of you familiar with higher education, the phrase stage not age makes a lot of sense. Your age or year at university doesn't matter when enrolling in a course. What matters is that you've passed the prerequisites. What if this style of learning were adapted by, say, elementary schools? Here to talk to us about the technology to allow for this type of adaptive, automated classroom learning is Graham Glass, founder and CEO of Cypher Learning. How are you doing today, Graham? I'm doing great, thanks, Landon. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Today, I wanted to focus our conversation particularly on classroom learning. So you recently launched an adaptive learning program. Would you explain that to me? Yeah, so um, so we've got a, a a learning platform called Neo, which is for schools and universities, and it has a comprehensive feature set as a typical kind of learning management system. And a lot of people in the past um, would talk about uh, personalization. So, for example, you might be a, a teacher in a course, and you've got students of various different abilities. And in the past, the the most personalization you would normally do is regarding assignments. So you might say, this block of kids, we're going to give you really tough assignments, and this block of kids, we're going to give you a little bit easier based on your abilities. But that was pretty much the extent of personalization. But of course, one of the benefits of having an online platform is it can do a lot of stuff based on what it notices about the learner. So for example, if you're a learner and you're taking lesson one and you do really well on a quiz, then ideally what you might do is automatically give the student more advanced modules, maybe automatically give them more advanced assessments, maybe automatically notify their parents saying, hey, your kid's doing great, congratulations. So what we have done in NEO is infused a lot more capabilities with regards to personalization. So you can personalize modules, content, assessments, learning paths, um, but also allow you to trigger things based on things like competency. So you can set up a rule which says when a student reaches a certain competency in what they're learning, automatically trigger a whole set of um, of actions. So all those features combined means that in a classroom, now you can create courses which are much more adaptive to individual students than you could before. Whenever I was a student, um, I was placed in accelerated classrooms in elementary and middle school. And I know I would have loved to have that sort of personalization for my learning goals and based on my ability, all set at my own pace. Have you been able to talk with any students um, that have been using this and what has their response been? Well, I haven't talked to individual students, but we have talked to quite a lot of uh, teachers and administrators. And in fact, that's one of the reasons that they pick NEO um, as their learning management system is because it has that ability. And in fact, there's there's an actual general trend going on, not just within courses, but um, I think they call it something like stage, not age. Um, and you know, talking about your own personal experience, I was very lucky. I lived in um, Iran when I was between the ages of four and six, and I went to a really good school for expats there. But I remember getting a little bit bored in our science course because you know I knew a lot about science before I even went to the school, and then. After a few courses, the teacher came up and said, congratulations, we're going to put you into the next class up, which is much better. So part of my hope is not only will um, individual teachers use this kind of adaptive learning within the confines of a course, but it does open up um, 
um, a potential passageway for schools to adopt this and move away from the boxing people in by age. And what about those teachers? Is there any pushback or are they generally excited to adapt to new technology? Um, I would say that um, most of the time they're pretty excited. Uh, Usually it takes them a little bit to just um, dip their feet in the water and realize that the technology is actually quite simple to use and it's not scary. So it is pretty common when a teacher, especially one who might not be particular computer savvy, first hears about, oh, we have to use this online learning platform. They get a bit worried, but when they realize, hey, it makes grading easier, it makes tracking easier, I get more time to actually spend on what I love, which is teaching, then at that point, they're usually pretty hooked. And we've got some quite big customers where in the first semester, we were hearing teachers on our support forum saying, oh, I really wish we didn't have to use this, or I really don't want to use this product. And then we hear the next semester is like, oh, they absolutely love it. And there's no way we could ever take it away from them. Yeah, general discomfort with new things. But then once you learn how to use it, then then there's no turning back, right? Yeah, and, and they start getting a thirst for um, more flexible features. So for example, a teacher might start off and use gamification. So that's another really nice feature in our product. You can set up a rule that says, if the, if the student gets over 90% on this assessment, then automatically give them a badge. Or if they complete the first three lessons in the class, you automatically get 200 points and you can see a leaderboard. And once they start to realize, hey, I can actually add these rules, which says when A happens, do B, then they start generalizing that and say, well, maybe when I complete the course, I want to automatically send the message to their parents. Or when they complete the course, I want to put them into a social group where all the alumni from that course can still socialize together. So once they get used to things like our rules engine, then they start going crazy with it and they want to use these conditionals all over the system. I'm also wondering, what would you say to teachers and parents or administrators who might be wary of using this sort of immersive classroom technology? You know, one of the things I would say is that this this kind of uh, learning platform in a lot of brick and mortar schools is not going to replace teachers. This is something which is going to augment them and make their life a little bit easier. So um, it's, a, it's a relatively rare case now that you have a 100% online school where kids don't go to school and they're putting in their headphones from their home. Um, in most of the cases, it would be one where I'm a student, I go into a course, and I can look at the board, and there is a teacher talking just like usual, giving me fun anecdotes and inspiring me and making me laugh. But the difference is, is then during the classroom, if I'm having uh, problems, then you can get an automatic notification to the teacher that this kid is falling behind. Or when I go home, my assignments are online, or maybe a video of what the teacher did that day is live for me as well. So it's really, it's not that that big a difference from traditional, but it's definitely streamlined and augmented in a way which I think is is pretty user-friendly. I also wanted to go back to something that you said earlier about stage, not age. And I was wondering... Uh, What types of schools are you seeing implementing this program? And if you have any pushback from um, state or national governments, I'm thinking about my own education with uh, like No Child Left Behind and things like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it it would be the individual schools that would get the pushback, not us. So we're really a, a tool provider. But what I will say is that what definitely inspired us with regards to supporting this kind of approach is something called the Knowledge Schools out in Sweden. So Knowledge Schools um, is a a kind of a network of schools 
And here's the way it works. If you're a student and you join the school, then first of all, you get a, a kind of a mentor um, who helps you throughout your entire education process. That mentor then says, okay, which particular subjects are you particularly interested in? Which ones do you think you're going to pursue career-wise? And they basically figure out a, a kind of a learning plan for, your, for this individual student. So for example, it might well be, well, you're, you really love science. It looks like you're interested in becoming an engineer. So we really recommend that you take uh, 70 modules of physics, uh, 70 modules of chemistry, 20 modules of French, and 10 models, uh, modules of history. So they kind of help them plan the course. And then the unique thing about knowledge schools is that all of these modules are online and you can literally take them whenever you want and you can, um, you can score on them and pass through that module whenever you want. So literally, if you are on a roll, you could spend an entire week at home going through you know, the first 10 modules of physics. Or you can go to the physical school and hang out with some of your friends and brainstorm and work on projects together. But that's one where um, literally you're going at your own pace. You can go as fast or as slow as you want. You can schedule it based. It's not based on traditional lessons. You can spend two days doing physics and then one day doing history, which I think is actually you know more like human nature. Um, and uh, and so the great thing about it is that once I read about this school, I just thought, wow. I know it's going to be a while before a majority of schools take that step, but we want to have a platform that will support not only traditional learning styles, but also these uh, stage, not age styles. So, you know, we try to build a technology that would work in, in both situations. And now your company um, is involved in other types of immersive classroom technology too, right? Not just adaptive learning, but VR and AR and other types of automation. Well, it's an open platform, so so we ourselves don't don't create any content AR or VR, uh, but we can accommodate that kind of content. And this kind of content, by the way, is much more prevalent in in the business side in, in our product matrix than it is in Neo. So um, one of the things that we've found, and one of the benefits about being involved in K through twelve and higher ed and corporate, is we get a pretty good sense for which particular features are most embraced by which sectors. So what we found is that corporate learning is much more sophisticated in their use of features than K through 12 and higher ed. So in the world of corporate, um, I guess maybe because there's more money at stake and there's careers at stake, they are much more into things like competency-based learning, using new learning techniques, AR, VR, et cetera. Whereas uh, K through 12 and higher ed are more interested in technologies regarding assessment and tracking than they are in new uh, teaching modes. In the world of business, there's at least three different ways that our matrix uh, LMS is being used. So one of which is internal employee training. Uh, and that's kind of the one that most people think about. So in other words, you know, employee joins the company, they need to get up to speed or show compliance in certain things. So they take a collection of modules or courses and they get certified. Um, and, uh, and of course, we do a really nice job of that. And more, more corporations are moving towards self-placed courses than they are instructor-led courses. And that's actually another big difference between uh, K through 12 and higher ed. That's much more live instructor-driven uh, corporations because of people's schedules and they don't want to spend lots of money flying around because a lot of corporations are distributed. Self-paced courses make a lot more sense. And I would say there's a definite trend towards 
competency-based learning uh, in corporations. And by competency-based learning, what I mean is, is that rather than just saying, I've completed course X, somebody wants to be able to say, I have skill XYZ. So the competency being XYZ. So in Matrix, it's really easy to create content, tag it with the competencies that it's teaching or assessing, and then track competency. And you can also use our rule system to trigger trigger events. Like when you have achieved a certain level of competency, then automatically give them a certificate and automatically enroll them into an advanced course, um, as an example. But within the corporate market, there's also customer training. So there's quite a few businesses uh, where somebody buys your product and then you say, congratulations, here's a link to a course, which then allow you to do the training for that product. And we're talking about products that are really complicated, like jet engines or uh, MRI scanners, for example. Um, and then, of course, there's a third kind of user, which is where a corporation is creating courses and then selling them to their own customers, which could be other businesses like a B2B or it could be B2C. And then last but not least, you get organizations. So you might have a, a huge society with 200,000 members and part of what that organization offers is training to its members. So, um, you know, sounds more complicated than the K through 12 marketplace and kind of it is, but there are a lot of different scenarios that our matrix, uh, matrix platform has to cover. And so with this continued development of technology like AR and VR, AI, automation, what do you think the future of your business and the future of education looks like? It's always very tempting to say, well, in the next two years, the whole world's going to be using VR and AR, but that would be a little bit too optimistic. So I kind of divide it into two sections, really. What I think is going to happen in the next two to three years, and then what I think is going to happen after that. So I'll start with the next two to three years. I think in the next two years, two to three years, more schools are going to start dabbling in more adaptive personalized learning, but it's still going to be in the confines of an individual course room. I don't think most, I don't think most schools are going to start breaking down the age barriers or the idea of, you know, giving uh, teaching along a, a subject line. But within, but within the, um, in within the classroom, they're going to start building a much more personal profile of what a student is good at, what their interests are, and then um, adapting the, the content within that course. However, I do think that in the next three years plus, out of necessity, not just because people think it's going to be cool, people are going to be able to start learning at their own pace in a way that's much more, um, much more integrated. Um, and so, you, you know, you might have seen, read some stories recently about schools where rather than saying, hey, today you're going to learn chemistry, you'll in fact be studying some, you know, um, Incan, uh, Inca monument. And part of studying that way will be the effects of the, the chemical um, chemical attacks from rain, for example. So you, you'll get to learn lots of competencies in real world integrated um, scenarios. And I think the reason that that's going to be important is because as the, as the AI in the world gets better and as more and more jobs get automated, there becomes more and more pressure for humans to get smarter faster. And obviously, no one, you know, not everyone's going to do this, but those people who want to get faster, smarter, they are going to have to accelerate their learning beyond what they might get um, at a typical school. I also think from the three year plus, the, the tools to create AR 
and VR are going to be much more simple for the average person to create, at which point I think you're going to get some really cool um, immersive learning uh, environments. There's one other interesting thing, which is the individuals who want to make money uh, capturing their knowledge and selling it online. And, you know, I used to teach computer science at college. I also founded and ran a professional training company. And I remember when I got really good at teaching computers thinking, I wish there was a way for me to package up this knowledge and sell it online. I mean, I could, I could probably make millions just by see, selling my computer science courses. But unfortunately, back then, there was no way to do that. And the typical way that you passed on or monetized your knowledge was through writing a book, which is what I did. But these days, there's actually a really healthy and rapidly growing market for individuals. So for example, you, Landon, you could create a, a course on how to be a great podcaster and sell it for you know $29.95 for the beginner course and $49.95 for the advanced course. So that's why recently we decided to release our third learning platform called Indie, which is a simpler platform than Matrix, but it gets you all the features for an individual to make money by selling their knowledge. And I think it's it's really cool to see so many people start to make money off of what they've become uh, good at without necessarily having to write a 300-page book. That sounds really cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure chatting with you, Landon. I do hope that um, that our chat was useful for you. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com backslash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Until next time.